Hello, my name is Max Balk, and thank you for joining me in a conversation about mental health and wellness. I am currently one of UD's Protect the Flock student well-being ambassadors, and during this podcast, you are going to listen to a great interview I conducted with Angela Seguin, who is a part of the University of Delaware's Student Wellness and Health Promotion. Throughout this interview, Angela answered some questions I had regarding mental health and wellness and gave great resources, tips, and ideas that all students could use. I hope you enjoyed the interview, and without further ado, here's my conversation with Angela Seguin. Today, we are joined by Angela Seguin. Angela, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am the Assistant Director for Victim Advocacy at UD's Student Wellness and Health Promotion. Um, I've been at the university for full-time for 15 years. Um, I work with survivors of sexual violence, intimate partner violence, stalking, and sexual harassment. Um, And I coordinate sexual offense support, which operates through the UD Helpline, um, providing victim advocacy for students who are in crisis regarding sexual misconduct. Really great stuff. We really appreciate all the help that you are giving us as students on campus. So today we're going to talk about some questions that go into mental wellness and mental health to go along with the podcast. So start off with the conversation. Uh, The first question I'm going to ask, do you think therapy and speaking to somebody who is a licensed therapist is a good thing? And also why, if you do agree with that? It can be a wonderful thing. Yes, absolutely. You know, most, most human beings at some point in time go through difficult or challenging situations, um, experience trauma or hardship or loss or pain. And therapy can be an excellent tool to help folks navigate those situations and learn coping strategies that help them heal. You can have your feelings and your reality validated by another person, which can be powerful. It can help you examine the way that you're thinking about a situation and how you're reacting. And it can also help you think about and better understand other people's behaviors and reactions to you. So it really can be an opportunity to reflect on your own thoughts and feelings, um, to have a cathartic experience, a healing experience. And really there are a variety of mental health diagnoses that people can live with for a long time, not knowing how to manage them. And therapy can be a tool to help them better learn how to manage and cope with their diagnosis as well. But I do wanna make sure to say there, there are a lot of, it's not for everyone. There are a lot of ways that people can um, navigate these kinds of situations. And you know, some folks can't afford to, to have therapy or don't have healthcare, health insurance coverage. Um, and so it, I think it's important to recognize that there are many avenues. You know, some people go to support groups. Some people, um, you know, read a lot and read self-help books or read about the issues that they're struggling with, and that can be really helpful to them. And there are some great organizations in our area, the National Alliance on Mental Health or on Mental Illness, NAMI, has a Delaware chapter that provides um, right now during COVID some Facebook live events. And so that's a great opportunity. The Mental Health Association of Delaware as well is doing a lot of online groups that can be around issues or can be like they even do a, a social Um, you know, a Friday night karaoke game night kind of event, but they have a, you know, they have a virtual group for people struggling with anxiety or depression, et cetera. So there are a lot of free options too, for folks who maybe aren't sure about therapy or for whatever reason, 
can't seek therapy right now. Thank you for that answer. The second question I had was, why do you think there is a stigma behind speaking to a licensed therapist or just speaking in general to somebody and getting your thoughts and emotions off your mind? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think that there are lots of different reasons for stigmas. Um, so one thing can be that stigmas around therapy itself, you know, misconceptions about what therapy is. Some people think it's just going and talking for an hour, um, but there are lots of different strategies and modalities and approaches to therapy. So no two therapists and no two approaches are the same, you know. It can come from uh, misconceptions about mental illness and worries that what if I get diagnosed with a mental illness and what does that mean and will that be life changing and when, will I be able to cope with it um, and really not understanding what mental illnesses are. Sometimes it's distrust of therapists and of the medical model, you know, the medical community. And there's in some communities, there's good reason for that. I mean, historically, there have been some unethical practices that have happened, you know, um, and so some communities, if you think about communities of color in this country, and, you know, what happened with Tuskegee, or if you read a few years back, the Common Reader, the first year seminar Common Reader about Henrietta Lacks, and what was done with her cells, um, you know, there, there have been lots of things through time in, in many communities that have caused people not to trust the medical community and the mental health community. And it can also be community norms and, and mores. Like, you know, in some communities, it's a community message that we don't go to therapy. You know, we rely on ourselves. Or it can be a faith-based message of we only go to God with our problems. We don't seek help. We, we can do it on our own and we can talk to each other. And so it really depends. But there are, in, you know, for some, there are a lot of myths about therapy. And it's important. I'm glad you're asking these questions because it's important to clear them up. And one of them is that it's a sign of weakness if you go to therapy. And for sure, I want to say that the absolute opposite is true, that it's a sign of agency and strength and resilience to go seek a therapist. I know as, as a male in this world, we definitely deal with a stigma if we're having to go talk with somebody. I'm happy that you, that you brought up that I'm asking questions about this and that in a way we could try and end that stigma for everybody and make it feel comfortable going to talk to somebody and getting what's on their mind off. So follow-up question to that. Do you think it is even more important now to talk to a licensed therapist during these challenging times of COVID and while living in this pandemic? I think it can be for some people. Certainly the pandemic has stirred up things for people who weren't struggling before. And it's amped up issues for people who were struggling before. You know, it's, we're all, first of all, we're going through a community trauma. In a sense, there is a very real and present threat to everyone's physical health and well-being. Um, and that can be really scary for people and can pull out anxieties that are in there. And it's isolating, you know, we're, we're all kind of stuck at home, not really supposed to go out. And, and for some folks, that's very, very difficult. And now we're hitting the one year mark. So maybe it was interesting at first, and then it got monotonous, and then it got downright depressing for some people. I mean, I think, so for, for some folks, therapy is a great resource. Um, and there could be more need now. I know there is more demand right now. I, I have friends who are therapists in the community and they're telling me that 
there are long wait lists and there are high call volume, you know, lots of people calling to try to seek therapy. So I would just say to your audience, if, if you're one of those people who's looking to establish a relationship with a therapist to hang in there because they are trying to get through their wait lists and call people. And there are so many providers in our area. There's a great therapy finder on psychologytoday.com where you can put in different criteria that you're looking for, gender of the therapist, therapy modality that you're seeking, race or ethnicity. You can put in what issues or concerns you want to deal with. You can put in your health insurance to see what matches, and it will generate a list of people. And then you can look at that list and check out their bios online and see who might be a fit for you. So that's a great tool. But again, I'll reflect back and also say therapy isn't everything. Like there are lots of strategies to maintain optimal mental health and well being that can be really crucial right now at this time, you know? And that comes down to things like, I mean, it's, it's stuff we tend to know, right? But we don't, we're not always great at practicing it. So it can be things like exercise. I mean, exercise releases endorphins in our brain, which taps into the pleasure centers and makes us feel good. And to give context, endorphins are also released when we eat chocolate or we have a good belly laugh or we have sex. So, I mean, endorphins are good things and exercise is an easy way to feel good, to literally, it will boost mood to exercise. It also helps us complete the stress cycle. So if you haven't heard of, you know, there are lots of situations where we have a fight, flight, or freeze response. Our defense circuitry is enacted and it, hormones are released in our body to help us cope with whatever the fearful or distressing situation is. And we can have a small response or we can have a giant response like to something that could be traumatic. But whenever we have that response, we have to do something to complete the stress cycle and purge those hormones out of our system and move past it, right? And one of the ways, one of the best ways to complete the stress cycle is through exercise. I mean, other things work like a really good cry or venting with a trusted friend who's supportive or, you know, there's a list of things that are really effective, but exercise is one of them. And then sleep. Students don't get enough sleep in general, right? But if you talk to the head of the counseling center, um, Dr. Walgast will tell you that that's like his thing. But yeah, sleep is so incredibly important. It's so connected to our mental health and our physical health. And right now, I think during COVID, a lot of people's sleep schedules are out of whack completely. Since we're just home anyway, we're staying up real late and then we're just not getting the same number of hours of sleep that is optimal for our bodies. And there's a range, but it's like seven to nine hours for most people. So sleep can make a huge difference in how we feel and our mental health. And then there's other things like there's other strategies for mental health like daily maintenance practices for our mental health, yoga, mindfulness, deep breathing exercises, positive affirmations, things like our relationship practices, like communicating what our needs are to other people and setting good boundaries, you know, boundaries around our body, boundaries around our time and energy, all kinds of boundaries in our life that people forget that you have the right to set boundaries with other people, but that can be so important to our mental health. So yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. Well, Angela, thank you for answering my questions today. You have definitely given us great information, great resources to use, and 
a lot more clarity on therapy, on mental wellness, and how to handle it. So again, I cannot thank you enough for coming today to speak to me and to speak to all the students who will listen to this podcast. We really, really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Anytime. Good luck. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. Appointments for UD Center of Counseling and Student Development can be made on their website, or you can call them using the phone number 302-831-2141. And student wellness and health promotion can be reached by either calling 302-831-3457 or going to their website online. Again, I want to thank Angela for taking the time to speak to me, as well as thank all the workers who are a part of the student wellness and health promotion. All the work they do really makes a huge difference on campus. I hope you, the listener, found this conversation to be helpful with the questions you might have had about therapy or speaking to someone who is licensed. Please join us for our next podcast where we'll be talking about physical health and wellness and always remember to protect the flock. Thank you. Intro and outro music for the podcast is brought to you by Vilkas underscore sound on the freesound.org website.